and what you have done in our life here right recently. We thank you, Lord, for your mercy, your grace, your loving arms that have came upon our dwellings. Father, you have kept us safe. You've kept the COVID from going into our life, Lord God, and are totally obliterating. Father, every person that we have called out without having to call them again, you know exactly that situation. You know where they are. You know exactly what needs to be done. Father, and I pray, Lord, right now that you will begin to put those things in motion, Lord, to be able to bring about that that you need to bring about to restore life back in these families. Be with those that have lost loved ones. Touch those vessels that are sick tonight. Touch those vessels that are entering into rehab. Give them the power, Lord God, to be able to overcome. Father, and in our church, Lord God, I pray, Lord, that you'll strengthen us together one more time. Bring us back in loving and unity and let us go forward for your mercy and what you want done in your mission here on this earth. Tonight, open up our hearts, our souls, and our minds so that we will receive what you've got to say to us tonight on a very vital subject, and I'll give you the praise and the glory for it all. In Jesus' name, and the church said amen. Amen. I'm going to make it easy on you tonight, so turn to the book of Genesis, chapter 1. Can I say, can I ask you a question? Sure. When I was here the last time, and you were preaching, that is happening is because the voice of God is not being heard. Because when God speaks, God creates something brand new. When God speaks, he sends and speaks life. Jesus said, these words that I speak to you, they are life yes. unto you. And when God speaks to you, he brings life. And when a church is dying, the thing that they need to know is that God is still speaking to them. And we need to start yes. seeking the voice of God. Are y'all with me tonight? Amen. Yes. So the question is, how do you hear God's voice? We're going to talk about that tonight in verse number one of Genesis chapter number one. And you already know we always, when you go to study a subject in the Bible, you always start where, it's, where the Bible starts. And it says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth or the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. I want you to notice right there that everything was in chaos. Everything was out of order. Everything was dark. It looked bleak. It didn't seem like there was any hope at all. And I will share with you, when God speaks to you a, uh, in your life, a lot of times it will be in a moment where everything is in chaos. In fact, when the message from God is spoken to you, it seems to add more chaos on top of it because to what you hear from God at that point in time seems to be so far outside of the normal that you're experiencing that you really don't know it's God talking to you at that point. So the first thing you must understand is that God speaks in an environment. You need to hear that. In the environment. Notice there it said the earth was without form and void. It was empty. It was waste. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And there in the middle of that emptiness, in that middle of nothingness, in that middle of chaos and disorder, the Bible says the Spirit of God moved. And it's there when God begins to move that he wants us to hear what he's got to say. And a lot of times he will speak in the middle of that mess. But in the middle of that mess, because we are so held on to that mess, we can't hear what thus saith Almighty God. Amen. So what God does when his spirit speaks to you 
is it's in an environment, but he gives you a command at the beginning. God will always start a word with you with a command. Y'all got to hear me then. You might want to write it down. God will always give a word and speak a word to you as a command. Look at what it happens. It said, And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the deep. And then it said, And God said. So in the middle of all that chaos, in the middle of all that disorder, in the middle of all that darkness, in the middle of all that hopelessness, in the middle of all that mess... The Spirit of God began to move. And when the Spirit of God begins to move, we call that the anointing. And when the Spirit of God moves, we are in the anointing. And in the middle of the anointing, God speaks. And when He speaks, when He begins to speak, He speaks with a command. It said, And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. So God said, and that word let there be, that is a Hebrew word that means he is commanding something to be. In fact, the English uh, don't really give it the, 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 the good clarification that we need to explain. Every Hebrew word has three different thoughts with it. There is an action to that word. There is a concrete feeling or a concrete thing that you can talk about that you can touch or you can feel. So if God says something... There's an action that he's telling you about this plant because you can touch this plant. Let's say you use that for an example. But then there is an abstract thought behind it too as well. That is something that you do not sense with your senses. You don't sense it with your physical senses. It is literally a spiritual message that God has given with every every Hebrew word. So there is an action to every word. There is a concrete thing that God is talking about when he speaks. And then there is a spiritual thing that God is talking about in every idea. So the action, when the Bible says, and God said, that their Hebrew word for that area is amar. That is the word amar. And that word amar gives us the action of speaking when he literally speaks. But the actual concrete thinking of that is that he speaks a word. Everybody say a word. word. Not just a word, a word. A logos word of God. A logos word of God is not a word that is spoken and it ends. It is a logos word that when it is spoken it will continually do exactly what God wants it to do and it will not return to him void. So when God speaks a word, that word from the day it is spoken it is literally out there working I love that song that says even when I don't feel it, he's working, even when I don't see it, he's working, because his word is out there doing it he said, and my word will perform its purpose and it will come back to me and bring back to me everything that I have set forth to do, it will not be empty it will not be void it will not be waste and desolate like the word was when God first spoke. So when God gives you a Logos word of the Lord, he is speaking to you in an action and he's releasing a Logos word, but the actual abstract meaning of that word means this continues. So when God commands something, that command will continue. So when God said, let there be light, that phrase, that command that he gave has been out there performing 
the very same thing it performed on that day and it continually performs. It is out there in the heavens and all you're hearing in the heavens is let there be light, 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 light. Stars are being created on a daily basis. Planets are being created on a daily basis. Universes are being created on a daily basis. That word is still going out there and it's moving. Anybody ever had God speak to you in your life? If he's ever spoke to you, don't lose faith because that word is still moving. God is still speaking to you and the word is still alive. That word that he has spoken to you has life in you. And when he speaks to you, he gives you life. So we see there that word mar means to speak a logos word that will continue and continue to go on. Now it literally has a very unusual meaning. It's so unusual that we English-speaking people, we can't understand it. Because the thought process that it gives to us in the Hebrew is it implies the front of a long series of the very same thing. What I mean by that there is the Hebrew thought is, says that the past is the present. It is the front. The past is not the past. It's right now. And not only is the past not the past, the present is the present. And not only is the future the future, the future is the present. So this word has with it, as you begin to speak, it is considered to be the front of time, the beginning of something. And it also continues on to go out and do the same thing out in the future. So the word, the Logos word that God speaks to you is all three, a past word, a present word, and a future word. So God's word to you is prophetic. So when God says, let there be light, he is still saying, let there be light in your life. He is still saying, let Mary see what's in darkness. Do you realize that darkness is not a thing? You can't measure darkness. Darkness really don't exist. Hmm. Darkness, by definition, is absence of light. But it is not truth. It does not exist. It means that light has been pulled away. And because light has been pulled away, there is darkness. You can't see light. It means that you have an absence of light. But when light shows up, darkness has to flee. That's why Jesus said, and I love this, that's why Jesus said, I beheld Satan as he was thrown out of heaven like lightning. There was no war up in heaven. The devil went up and ascended up to heaven, but when he brought his darkness and the absence of light into the perfect present light of God, immediately a lightning flashed through him back down to the earth. There wasn't no war. God's already been on the throne, always has been on the throne, and won't never be took off the throne. So, when God speaks to you, He speaks to you a word that will continue. Look at your neighbor and say, whatever He told you is going to come to pass. The vision is yet for an appointed time and it will come to pass. So if God's ever told you anything and you know it was God, you don't need to doubt that word. Now the devil will do everything he possibly can to get you to doubt that word. 
because he wants you to live in the past that don't exist and he wants you to look at the present and not find the truth in the present and he wants you to pollute your future by sitting there in the present concerning about your past when God says this is your present and I have spoken in your life and I've given you life. Someone say amen. amen. So whatever God speaks is going to continue. It's going to produce. God said let there be. That word is hey y'all. Everybody say, hey, y'all. Hey, so when God speaks, he's saying, wake up, y'all. Listen to what I got to say, y'all. I'm not just speaking to Mary. I'm speaking to y'all. I'm talking to everybody. So God can speak through D. He can speak through Betty. He can speak through Hambone. He can speak through me. And he can speak through Pastor Sissy and Thelma and Mary and Liv and, and Tina. And he can speak through Trevor. He can speak through a drunk. He can speak through a prostitute. He can speak through anybody if you will hear the voice of God. So he's saying, hey, y'all, that word literally in the Hebrew means this as an action means to breathe. Everybody do this and go. That's the action of let it be. It also means concrete, a breath. But it also in the abstract means to exist. So when God said, let there be, he took a deep breath and said, let there be. Anybody, anybody ever seen preachers when they lay on somebody, they lay their hands on somebody, they walk up to them and they go, and they go out in the spirit. Have you ever wondered why? Because the Holy Ghost in them is releasing an exhale. What this means in your life is that when God begins to speak, it teaches us, this word here, speeches, teaches us that God inhaled when he began to create the earth and he exhaled. And ever since creation, the exhale has went out. And one day soon, God is going to inhale and pull everything back that he's created. So we are living under the exhale of God's breath. We are living under an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We are living under a perfectness of the Holy Ghost. If we can hear the word of God, we can experience the breath of God. Now, when God spoke with his breath, he spoke into Adam and he breathed into Adam the breath of life. So if God is spoke to us, how many believe he spoke to us? Amen. Yeah. If he spoke to us, then he has breathed into us the breath of life. Yeah. So there's no need for you to act like you did. Mm -hmm. There's no need for you to let anything die. Amen. There really ain't no need for you to have a funeral because nothing's dead because God has spoken. Are y'all getting me tonight? Amen. Yeah. God has spoken. So I've got all into that there to explain to you why we need to hear the voice of God. If we don't start hearing the voice of God, we're going to miss what God wants. But more than that there, we're going to miss something brand new from the Lord. Why? Because every time in the Bible that God spoke, everybody say every time. Every time God spoke in the Bible, he created something brand new. Every time he said, let there be, he spoke something new. Look at there in chapter number one. You'll find that in ten different occasions, the Bible said God said this and God said that and God said this. And he looked at the earth and he said, the earth is good. Everybody holler out and say, the earth is good. The earth is Oh, we miss it sometimes because we get to focusing on everything that's bad in the earth. All this death that is happening, all this sickness that is happening, all this rigmarole and commotion and all this stuff that's happening. We get so wrapped up in that stuff that we can't see that God said everything that he created is good. 
Come stand right beside me and say, God said you was good. Now, if God said Betty was good, then why are we sitting here trying to find everything wrong with Betty? That's right. Oh, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> so, when God speaks, he begins to create. His voice will always create something in your life that you do not already have. When he speaks to you, he will give you a brand new direction in your life, a direction that you did not have before he spoke to you. When he speaks to you, his voice will supply guidance to you that you did not have before he spoke. Am I talking to anybody? Amen. Yeah. His voice will supply to you the knowledge of the heavens himself in your life, and it'll be something that you didn't have already. That's why we need to hear the word of God. We need to hear the voice of God. Now, God's purpose when he created Adam and he created Eve is found in Genesis chapter number 1, verse 26. And he begins to read there from verse 21, 26 through 28. And he gave us a purpose. I want to read that again. And, and everybody says that Kip, this is his favorite message. But I keep preaching this because people don't get this. God said in verse number 26, and God said, let us make man in our image. Now take what I just said to you, that when God says something, it is always going to continually do what his word says to do. So man has been created on this earth ever since he created Created Adam. Amen. So God's word continually births new people, new babies, and brings about new people into the human kind race here on this earth. And he said, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let him have dominion. Everybody holler out and say dominion. So his purpose in our life when he originally created Adam and Eve is that he gave mankind dominion over the earth and he told them to fill it up with righteousness. Fill it up with right standing stuff. Fill it up with truth. But it's been filled up with what? Untruths. Lies. Sickness. Death. Curses. Disease. Poverty. It's been filled up with all that stuff. So man has missed his dominion mandate from the Lord. Let's read on just a little bit further. He said, have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him. Male and female created he, he them, and God blessed them, and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the face of the earth. And God instituted something to help man to have dominion. And that was a daily conversation with man. Every afternoon he would come into the cool of the garden and he would sit down with Adam and he would talk with Adam. Why? Because when he spoke... There is inside of his voice life. And every time he spoke to Adam and he spoke to Eve, they were increasing in their knowledge. They were increasing in their blessing. They were increasing in their, uh, increasing in their direction. They were, were increasing in becoming what God's image was in their life. Every time God spoke to them, their knowledge was increasing. Their wisdom was increasing. Their power was increasing. Abundance was increasing. So every time God speaks to you in your life, you're going to get more knowledgeable. You're going to get more wisdom. You're going to get more power. And you're going to have more abundance than you've ever had in your life. 
and the character of God will be built on the inside of you. So the more we hear the word of God and his voice, the more familiar his voice is to us. Y'all with me tonight, your father. He said, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. If man would have continued to hear the voice of God, at that point in time, we would still be moving in the paradise of Eden. We would be moving with no sickness, no disease, no COVID, no, no, no trouble, no poverty, no nothing. Because in God, everything is complete. Amen. So if man were to continue to hear his voice, he could have lived and fulfilled that their mandate of dominion. So the first thing that the devil did, hear me real well, the first thing that the devil did is he came in to stop man from hearing the voice of God. He come in to destroy the communication line between heaven and earth. He came in to cause the Holy Ghost, which is the communication director for the kingdom of heaven from heaven to earth, to withdraw from man so that man cannot hear the voice of God. Does that make sense? And his attack was to stop communication between God and man, and he won for a while. Look at verse 8 of chapter number 3. I want you to flip over there real quick. And I want to show you something. And it said, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said, Where art thou? And he said, I heard your voice in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. People hear the word of God, but they don't respond to it. Why? Because they're naked, they're hiding something from them, and it creates fear in their life. And when you hear the word of God, the word of God is a command, and that command will scare the daylights out of you if you are not at the point where you're ready to receive it. When God calls you to pastor a church that is tumultuous and sends you into the hell dens of the world, many of us don't want to hear that there because we're scared that we will not match up to the position that God has called us in and that we don't have the authority and we don't have the gifting to lead that church where it needs to be led to. So how many times in your life has God told you to do something and because you were fearful and you were hiding something from God and you were hiding away and you heard his voice because of that you did not obey and because of not obeying all of a sudden your life is affected from top to bottom. Am I helping anybody tonight? Amen. But even though at that point in time the voice of God caused Adam and Eve to be fearful God continued to speak. Turn with me, if you will, to Genesis chapter 4. Let's read verse number 9, and then we'll flip to verse 16. Verse number 1 said, And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? That's what we talked about this morning, wouldn't it, being a neighbor? You see, we don't want to hear God talking to us like that and say everybody's our neighbor. We don't like to hear that because we want to hate those people that are enemies of ours. And we want to get back and even at those people that curse us and despitefully use us in life. But God, that's our flesh in us. But in our spirit, the God in us is telling us that they are our neighbor and we have got to learn how to never have to demand an apology from nobody. Amen. Mm. Amen. It's good preaching. Amen. Amen. 
But God continued to speak. And from that voice on, he spoke. He went on. From that point on, he spoke to Enoch. He spoke to Abram. He spoke to Moses. And God continued to speak. But he only spoke to a few men and a few women until the time of Jesus. Then, go with me to Exodus chapter number 20, verse number 19. I want to show you what's happening and what is still happening in the world today. If you have Exodus chapter 20, say amen. amen. We're studying the voice of the Lord. In fact, we're probably going to study this for a little while. Verse number 19, if you got that, say amen. amen. And they said unto Moses, this is when Moses had carried them out to the Mount Sinai and God had come down on top of the mountain fire and lightning was all over the place. Trumpets were sounding and God's voice had come out and they had heard the voice of the Lord. And they said unto Moses, speak thou with us and we'll hear you, but let not God speak with us lest we die. There are people in our life that we do not feel like that we are at the point to where we are qualified enough for the Lord to speak to us. Because if the Lord speaks to us, it will kill us. Oh, help us, Lord. Amen. Amen. Now flip over to verse number uh, 16 in that same chapter. In chapter number, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm at the wrong place. Uh, Exodus chapter 20, verse 19. We read it again. And it says there, and they said unto Moses, Speak thou with us, and we were here, but let not God speak with us, lest we die. And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, for God has come to prove you, and that his fear may be before your faces, and ye sin not. And the people stood afar off, and Moses drew unto, uh, near unto him into the thick darkness that God was. Now, I want you to go just a little bit deeper here with me. I want you to go over to Hebrews chapter number 12. I want to show you what happened at this point when people started hearing the Word of God. Because I'm going to tell you, if you go to preaching the Word of God to people, this is the same thing that happens when you speak through, God speaks through you and His voice comes through you. Amen. Hebrews chapter number 12, verse number 18, when you got that, say Amen. He tells you, for you have not come into the mount that might be touched and that has burned with fire, nor into blackness and darkness and temptus of the sound of the trumpet and the voice of words, which voice they that heard entreated that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. It was so fearful to these people. That's why sometimes when God speaks to you, it's fearful. When it was so fearful to these people that they begged God to not speak to them anymore. Everybody look at me a minute. How would you feel if your kids said, I don't never want to hear the sound of your voice no more. Don't call me no more. Don't speak to me no more. Don't send me no letters. I don't want to hear the sound of your voice no more. Can you imagine how God felt at that point in time? It was kind of tough, don't you think? Now flip with me back to Deuteronomy chapter number five. I want to carry this through very quickly here tonight. I hope that this will help some of you because I'm going to teach you here tonight kind of how to hear the word of the Lord. Amen. Verse 23. When you have that, say amen. amen. And it came to pass when he heard the voice out of the midst of the darkness, for the mountain did burn with fire, that it came near unto me, even all the heads of the old tribes and your elders. And you said, Behold, the Lord our God has showed us his glory and his greatness, and we have heard his voice out of the midst of the fire. We have seen this day that God doth talk with man and he liveth. Now therefore, why should we die? 
for this great fire will consume us. If we hear the verse of the Lord our God anymore, then we shall die. For who is there of all flesh that have heard the voice of the, a voice of the living God speaking out of the midst of the fire as we have and live? Go thou near and bear all that the Lord our God shall say and speak thou unto us all that the Lord our God shall speak unto thee and we will hear it and we will do it. These people were so fearful of God speaking to them, they wanted somebody to speak to them on God's behalf. And that's our problem in the church today. Everybody with me tonight, amen. We want somebody else to do all the paying, the praying, and the staying, all the laboring to get the word of God. We don't want to get God's word ourselves because we're fearful that if we go before the Lord that something's going to be wrong in our life and he's going to point it out and that we're going to die. We want somebody else to pay that price so when they speak, we can obey what he has to say as God speaking through that person to them. But God wants to talk to you personally. Amen. These people did not want the responsibility of hearing God's voice. When you hear God's voice, you have a responsibility. And that responsibility when you hear His voice is to obey it. Amen. God wants us to obey His voice. They were saying, we don't qualify to hear God's voice. They were saying they wanted God to speak to another as a mediator. And at that point, at, at Mount Sinai, God changed the way he talked to man. He would only talk to two different types of men. He talked to a priest and he talked to a prophet. He didn't come down and talk to the whole congregation. The priest would go before the Lord and speak to the Lord for behalf of the people. But the prophet, when he came down under the flow of Almighty God, he would speak the voice of God and relay the voice of God to the people. So, God spoke through priests and prophets all the way up to the time of Jesus. God used people like uh, Elisha and Elijah and Moses and Noah and, and Joshua and, and some of the judges and Isaiah, Hosea, Jeremiah, and all the way up to Malachi, all the way up to John the Baptist. God used that there because the ordinary man uh, in life, the heavens, was shut up. Nobody could hear what thus saith God unless you were in the position of a priest or a prophet. The heavens were shut. But something happened when the Word came. Right. Genesis chapter number 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and nothing was created without Him. And when Jesus came, the Bible says that the heavens began to be opened up. And on the day that He was baptized, in Matthew chapter number 3, verse 16, the Bible says, and I want you to get this, that the heavens were opened up and the priests began to get angry about what the heavens that were opened up because somebody was invading their territory. Do you realize there is a extreme, extreme religious spirit that's in the church today and if God is speaking to anybody, everything, everybody that thinks that you are invading their tor territory is mad with you. But turn with me to Matthew chapter 3, verse 16. I want to show you something that happens to you when you hear the voice of God. We need the voice of God. Matthew 3, 16. You got that? Say amen. amen. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. And lo, the heavens were opened up to him. And he saw, and nobody around him see it, Jesus saw this. 
Jesus saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And there was a voice that everybody heard from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. There's four things that happen in there you need to see. Number one, the Word came to earth. And when the Word came to earth, the heavens were opened up. And when the heavens was opened up, the Spirit of God came down and descended in the form of a dove. And fourthly, the voice from heaven spoke. When God speaks to you, the window of heaven is opened unto you, and you begin to see the Spirit as the Spirit moves. Just like the Spirit moved in Genesis chapter number 1. Yes, yes. Do you know how the Spirit moves? Like a mom. How many of you at 60 years old don't want to be mama no more? Tina reminds me a lot of my mama. I love her. But she's like my mama. She's always reminding me of everything I got to do all the time. And it throws me back into my childhood. <laughs> And the little rebellious tip that was there. So I wind up rebelling against her because tell me she reminds me of mama. I'm 55 years old. I don't need somebody to supervise me on every little thing I'm doing. And that's the way we react when God is wanting to speak to us because when the Spirit comes down, He's wanting to supervise every little teeny thing that you're doing. He wants to remind you of every little thing. He broods on you, and that word brood means I'm hatching an egg on you. I'm birthing a seed on you. I'm carrying you through the nursing process. I'm teaching you how to walk when you don't feel like walking. I'm teaching you how to get out of your diaper. I'm teaching you how to get off of your milk bottle. I'm teaching you how to go to the potty and use the potty when you need the potty. I'm teaching you how to stand up on your own two feet. And I tell Tina all the time, I don't need nobody telling me how to stand up on my own two feet. I've been standing on my own two feet since I was two years old at least. <laughs> but that God has put her there in my life to remind me, hey, this is the way I am in your life. I want to teach you by my voice. I want to guide you yes. by my eye. How many of you went to church and when mama, you get when you've got some age on you, they'll let you sit in the back pew? And all of a sudden, mom be sitting on the front pew, and all of a sudden, you find yourself in trouble. And all of a sudden, mama cuts her eyes over you like that right there. What, 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 what did mama? What was mama saying? She didn't have to say what. What was she saying? You better straighten up, boy, or you gonna get it. And when you are brought out of that back pew like I was, and pulled up here in front of the church, and whipped in front of the church, you'll straighten up then. The Lord does the same thing. The Word of God, when He speaks in your life, is brooding in your life, and He is looking at it, but He will always speak in the middle of a mess. Your baby, when your baby is born, is a mess. Amen. Amen. Babies are not pretty when they're born. That's right. They come out with a bunch of blood all over them. Trevor come out looking like a cone head. Yeah. I thought I had this something on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> I was so worried about that baby. I looked at the nurse and I said, is it always going to be like that? She said, oh no, we'll put something around his head and it'll push it around. He's got a pretty little baby. I said, he's pretty right now. <laughs> he was a mess. When he wanted something, he'd cry. He'd scream and he'd holler and you stick something in his mouth. If that ain't what he wanted, he'd keep right on screaming and he'd holler. And 
I hope you don't mind me saying it. We had trouble potty training that boy. He would do all right for a day, and then all of a sudden he'd go out on coyote somewhere. I don't know where he went, but I would be on space somewhere. And I remember, and I, and I have to take control for this, and probably, I said, Lord, you got to do something to teach us how to take this nearly three-year-old baby and train him how to be a free to go to the potty when he needs to. And Thelma, he got so sick that when I realized that he was that sick, I was grabbing him by his arms and running him to the toilet and setting him on the toilet. And that's when he learned, when I feel like this, I need to come to the toilet. Yeah, all right. So God is speaking to us because he, He's wanting us to submit to Him and to yield to Him so that He can mother us. How many times have you tapped your child on the hand when it was out there reaching for something that it shouldn't get a hold of because what it was going to get a hold of had the potential to literally hurt that baby? Did you love that baby when you done it? Yeah. Were you trying to hurt that baby when you done it? Yeah. No, you were trying to teach that baby, don't grab that stuff because that stuff can hurt you and it can hurt you bad. So, God's wanting to mother you. Now, from that point on that Jesus heard the voice of God, He was called up into the heavens, so to speak, and the Spirit came down on Him and He saw the Spirit come down on Him. And then the voice of God spoke and said, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And everybody heard that voice. So you need to see the word came to earth and the heavens opened up. And from that point on, you see, the heavens were opened. The heaven is, everybody say the heavens is open. They are open all the time. That door will never be shut. Now, they can be blocked, but it will never be shut. They can be blocked with obstacles in your life and by sin, but they'll never be shut. They can be blocked by spiritual wickedness in your life and by the attack of the enemy, but those doors will always be open. And because of that door always being open, and because of the warfare between heaven and hell where the spirits of wickedness is trying to block the windows of heaven from coming about, Jesus said, I've given you two keys to keep the windows of heaven open, and that is of binding and loosing. You bind that spirit of wickedness and you loose an angel that's stronger than he is to come bring that word to you. John 14 and 12 says, Jesus talking to him, he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes on me, the words, works that I do, I, you shall do also, and greater works than these shall you do because I go to the Father. What he was saying is, I'm the word. And when I leave here, you are to be the voice of God. Amen. You are to be the Word. I only one person in human form as the Word. But when I go back to heaven, I'm sending back the power in your life yeah. so that I can have billions upon trillions upon quadrillions of believers that becomes the voice of God, speaking the voice of God and speaking to these yeah. things. Amen. So from that point, Jesus' words resorted in great miracles. He literally had life being restored by his voice. And when he spoke, things new happened. He spoke to the sea. He spoke to the swine. He spoke to the fish. He spoke to the infirmities. He spoke to the dead. Everything began to ground. And now God again is speaking to his people through the very open heaven that Jesus restored. And that open heaven is still open. And we've got to get it unblocked so that God can have 
have his voice come into the church and give the church some more life. Amen. Everybody say, I am the voice of God. Say it again. Say, I'm the voice of God. At Pentecost, it happened. When the Holy Ghost come down and set upon them, they began to be the voice of God. And we became the voice of God. You've got the authority. You've got the power to be the one that speaks with the voice of Almighty God. You can have authority. You can have the power to stand against the enemy. You are the one that God has chosen to speak His word and be His voice. And we need to realize that and shout amen. 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 Now there's two different voices of God you need to understand. Number one, there's a voice of God in the heavens. And number two, there is a voice of God on the earth. How many realize every time it thunders, God's speaking? Anybody realize that? Every time it lightens, God's speaking. Every time the wind blows and rustles the leaves, God is speaking. Every time the grass comes up after a nice little rain, God speaks. Every time the rain falls down, God is speaking. Every time you take a breath, God is speaking. Every time you close your eyes and go to sleep, God is speaking. Every time that you take a step, God is speaking. Every time your heart is beating, God is speaking. He's always speaking. And if you will get yourself conditioned to hear the word of God, then life will come into your life. Wisdom will come into your life. Knowledge will come into your life. Healing will come into your life. Peace will come into your life. Because His Word, His voice has power over the elements. His Word, His voice has power over the sea. His Word, His voice has power over COVID. His Word, His voice has power over death. His Word, His voice has power over the spirit of wickedness. His voice, His voice, His voice, His Word, His voice has power over the principalities that are ruling the United States of America. His Word, His voice has power over hatred. You can speak truth to power. You can speak the truth of Almighty God. You can tap into the voice of God and you can become that voice of the Lord because His Word, His voice literally will bring things brand new in the world. That's why He said, Behold, I knew a new thing. And when the people that hear what I'm doing, their ears will tingle. Because if you hear the voice of God, God said, I'll give you something brand new that you don't have. So how many believe tonight the church needs to hear the Word of God? Amen. They need to hear the voice of God. How do you know when the Lord is speaking to you? Flip back with me to Hebrews chapter 12. It's very important that you condition yourself in your walk with Christ that you are listening and attempting to hear the voice of God because God speaks through everything. We had a conversation today while we were eating a bowl of chili. And as I left to go check on a house, Tina went home. And on the way, I just prayed and I said, Lord, I can't handle this situation you got to. And by the time that I got back to the house, Tina told me the situation was handled. Just that quick. God spoke to two in that point in time and handled the situation. It was beyond me. I didn't know exactly how to do it without causing some problems. But God handled it some way where I didn't have to do a thing but say, okay, Lord, I'm open to your voice. Speak. 
And that was my prayer. Lord, I'm open to your voice. Speak. I want to hear your voice in this. And God spoke. And when I walked into the house, she told me that, hey, this is what came in my mind. And this is what came in the other person's mind. And this is exactly what happened. And now they all right. And I'm all right. Everybody's all right. Everything's hunky-dory. It's all because God spoke to us. And his voice brought life into a situation that had the power to destroy and to kill and to destroy everything that God was trying to do. Somebody needs to give God a good hand clap of praise. All because we heard the voice of the Lord. Satina, so when you heard that today, that was God talking to you. That was God telling you, hey, everything's going to be all right. I'm making you think about this thing a different way. I'm making you think about that person a different way. And now everything's going to be okay. Look at what he says, the writer of Hebrew does, in 1225. He says, See that ye refuse not him that speaks, for if they escape not who refused him that spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him that speaks from heaven. Turn to your neighbor here tonight and say, You better start listening to me. Turn to another and say, You better start listening to me. Because you see, the words that I say, they mean something. That's right. What I say really means something. Because God speaks through us because we are the voice of God. There is no little eyes and little That's U's right. and no big eyes and no big U's. We're all level at the foot of the cross. And God can speak to D, He can speak through D, and He can right. speak through the pastor. That's right. We are the voice of God. But Satan wants to quell that voice. But God wants to take his voice and terrorize the kingdom of hell and destroy it with his voice. That's why you got to start speaking what God has spoken unto you. Amen. Amen. Notice, go, go all the way back to Genesis chapter number 2, verse number 3, uh, chapter number 1, verse 1, 2, and 3. Notice that everything was in chaos. How many here love conflict? I don't like it. I don't like to argue. I get caught up in it sometimes and I argue too much. But I don't really like it. Even if I'm right, I don't like to argue. After it's all said and done, I feel like a grasshopper afterwards. Ain't that the way y'all feel? You get to thinking, well, did I say something other I shouldn't have said? What did that person perceive when I said what I said? Did they really love me enough to realize that I just had a bad day? That's right. So, because we don't like conflict, we don't like to confront conflict. So the minute conflict comes up, what do we do? We run away. But God often speaks in conflict. He speaks in chaos. He speaks when everything's out of disorder. He speaks when Mary and Stan are screaming at each other at the top of their lungs. Don't How many times have you screamed at your husband or your wife or your children? And the minute you said what you said, the conviction of the Lord hit you. Yeah. You said, I shouldn't have said that. Amen. God speaks. He will always speak in conflict. He will always speak in chaos. He will speak when all hell is breaking loose. 
But in the middle of that chaos, we're all worked up. We're all kind of yeah. and we just all this are all the time. We can't hear what thus saith God. So the question is, how do you know when God speaks to you? First question you got to know is where He speaks to you. How many would agree that God can speak through anybody? Amen. How many believe that God has spoke through you before? All right. D, when God speaks to you, where do you hear it at? Do you hear it in your ear? Do you hear it in your mind? When God reveals something to you, do you see it with your natural eye? When God speaks to you, where do you know it's Him? How many would say your mind? Nobody? Your ear. You see, Kip's preached this before. Where do you hear the Word of God, the voice of God when He speaks to you? You have a gut feeling that what has been said is the truth. How many of you know when somebody stands in front of you and they're telling you a flat out lie and you sit there and they're just lying through their teeth and then, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and down here, he's telling you that boy's lying to you. <laughs> he's told you one of the biggest ones that there ever was in the world, and he thinks you're stupid enough to believe that. What did you feel? There was a witness inside of you that said, that's a lie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when God speaks to you, you always get a witness in here that that is what God is saying. It's not what you think. If you can think a thought up here and you don't get that witness here, that's the devil talking to you. That's your flesh talking to you. That's the pride of life talking to you. That's something talking to you other than God. And you don't do nothing unless you follow your gut feeling. I had a girl come to me one time. She said, me and you need to talk up with my husband. I said, why that? She says, because God has told me I need to leave him. I said, did God really tell you he told you to leave him? Well, yeah, I believe it was the Lord. We got into the back, and I began to talk. And I said, well, where did God tell you that at? I had it in my mind. I said, oh, I felt it in my heart right here. Oh, no. God ain't spoke to you, girl. That's your love. That's your emotion. That's the pride of life. That's the, you ain't got. If you don't have a gut feeling right here that God said that's it, then you need to stay where you at. Well, I didn't want to hear that. Well, I'm sorry. You come to tell me the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth. That's right. Until you get that witness here, don't do nothing. Because when you got that witness here, everybody can think you crazy, but you know That's it's right. going to be all right. right. Follow your gut. How many of you that day that you stood up there and you said, I do to that dumb nut, you <laughs> knew the minute you said, I do, that that was the wrong one you should have married. God didn't wait 20 years down the road to tell you that. You knew it the day you stood up there and said, I do. Yes. Am I telling the truth? Yes, Am I telling the truth? Am I telling the truth? But you wanted that man so bad that you was willing to say, I do. Yes. And you did to what you got. That's right. You got exactly what you asked for. Amen. Because we refuse yeah. to hear the word of God yeah. on the inside, yeah. of the voice of God. And how much more when you refuse to hear the one that speaks will judgment come on you? Look yeah. over that. Well, if I'm in that predicament, Kip, how do I get out of that? Well, God spoke to you in the Bible. 
He said, your whole household will be saved. That's right. Can I say that again? Yes, God sir. said, your whole household will be saved. Yes, but our problem is, is if we got this ornery old boy person that's sitting in there coming in, demanding his food to be done, right now you take his shoes off, his water to be rough, you always focus on how bad he is and tell him all the time how bad he is. You ain't nothing but a drunk. You live off of this and you live off of that. And you drink too much of this and you eat too much of that. And, you, and you're always telling them everything and how bad they are. And what do we get? Just how bad they are. Mama told me something one time. Stuck in my head. And it wasn't mama talking to me. It was God talking to me. I know that now, Mary. I didn't know it then. God, the mama told me, she said, if you want a queen, talk to the woman like she's a queen. That's right. And I fell in that a whole lot. I'm going to tell you right now, I'll submit, sometimes I don't talk to Tingle like she's the queen. Because the queen can say, well, I'm taking you out now. I don't. But if you want a king in your life, talk to the man like he's a king. There is a fool and a king in every man. And there is a fool and a queen in every woman. And the one you talk to the most is the one you're going to get. That's right. Because they hear the word of God through you. Your words have power. When you give a command, it is God speaking through you. You are the voice of God. And when God speaks to you, and you relate it out, you're going to get it because it's the Logos word of the Lord and it'll keep right on working and continually doing exactly what the purpose is and bringing it back to your life. Although some of y'all here tonight need to ask God to forgive you for some of the words you yes, said. Sir. Yes, sir. And when you do, that's how you start getting out of it. Because in the situation, you've got your attention on how bad that man or that woman is and literally you sitting there the whole time telling them how bad they are and you are producing everything and you're one of the reasons why you got what you got. And when you cut that door off and you shut that door and the spirit of wickedness has got to get out, then the spirit of God can come down and light on you and you can hear the voice of the Lord. And when God speaks about thee and he does it in the presence of Donald Hill, Donald will hear what thus saith God. That's right, that's right. Am I helping anybody? Yes. So, how is it, Kip, that you hear the word of the Lord? How is it when you go to preach that the words just come? Mm -hmm. It's because you learn to yield right here. Yeah. Yes. You hear and feel the burden of the Lord. And all you can do is say, okay, Lord, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. But I'm going to keep right on talking until I feel this burden removed. And I will preach three hours if it takes it. I will preach five hours if it takes it. I will preach a hundred messages if it takes it. I will preach, how many years I've been here? 14 years. 14 years until Liv gets it. I will preach the same message. I asked Trevor one time, and I'll tell you Trevor's a good boy, but I asked him one time, I said, why do you act like you ain't happy at church? You wish I was sick and tired of hearing you talk about the same thing over and over and over and over again. He said, it looks like them nuts down there were finally getting the point. <laughs> Call y'all nuts. All right. 
So, the one reason why we got a bunch of nuts out here, well, that boy ain't ought to call all y'all nuts. <laughs> but we really need the voice of God. Yes, we do. We're laughing a little bit tonight, but it's true. Yes. Because let me share with you what happened when the voice of God was taken away. Methuselah lived 969 years. Noah lived 930 years. Lamech lived somewhere around 700 years. As time went on, Jared lived in the 900. But as time went on, when the voice of God won't speak in, the longevity of life began to go down from 900 to 800 to 700 to 600 to 500 to 400 to 300 to 100 to what we got now. And the more we go on without hearing the voice of God, the less life we have here on this earth. Sister Roger passed away. She was 89 years old. The scripture says that if you are you are promised 79 years, how many here 70 or better? I know Lydia did. I know. So so these have been already been promised 70 years, and God has fulfilled that promise. How many is older than 70? How many is 80 yet? Soon we'll be 80. And the Bible says, she don't she look good to be 80. Sure does. I told her back when I was 80, I'd probably party every day. <laughs> Praise the Lord for it. <laughs> I said, if you're faithful, I'll give you ten more. Yes, yes, yes. If you're double faithful, he'll give you ten more years. Yes. If you're triple faithful, he'll give you ten more years. And after a while, I'll live be like my grandma when the mortician said I was the prettiest woman I ever buried in my life and her way on up yonder in age. Mm -hmm. See, when you don't hear the word of God, yeah. wrinkles come a whole lot faster. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Then bones quit working. Then backs start hurting a whole lot worse. You get cramps all in your legs. Your stomach quits working the right way. When you take a picture, you hold it up like this right here so they can't see all that stuff right here. Because we don't hear the voice of God. So the greatest thing you can do in your life to be young is hear the Word of God. That's right. You hear the voice of God. Because when He speaks, I can look like Trevor the rest of my life. <laughs> Glory. That's why I look so good right now. I've heard the Word of the Lord. Pat on cell phone to back on that one. Have you ever seen anybody that was on up in age and they say, when I'm 85, and you think, oh my God, you don't look a day over 60. Mm -hmm. If you start talking, to, and, and the Lord done that woman, and I sat down and I start talking to this woman, she was 87 years old, and she didn't look like she was 55. Wow. And I said, honey, what's your secret? She said, I pray every day to I hear the word of God. To I hear the voice of God. I do not leave my house. Now, she had the luxury to do that because she had a husband to work. All those many years, she didn't have to go out to a job. But she said, I prayed every day, and I didn't do nothing. I didn't sweep my floor. I didn't turn the TV on. I didn't brush my teeth. I didn't do nothing until I got the Word of God for that day. Amen. She said, and I'm telling you, I've never had to take a vitamin. I've never had to take a medicine. I've never had to go to the doctor. I've never been in the hospital. 87 years old, looked like she was 55, and never had them problems. That's why you need to hear the voice of God. Your father is the father of life. Jesus said, these words I speak to you 
our life. Thank you, Lord. Yes. And every time I speak, I'm bringing some new life in you. New life. I walked in the store the other day and we were getting me a Mountain Dew. And I was paying for the Mountain Dew. It was hot. Paying for the Mountain Dew down at the harbor. And the girl said, you're new at the harbor, ain't you? I said, yeah. So I ain't going to be here much longer. I said, the wife sold the house. I said, so I'm moving again. And we got to talk a little bit about taking it. I said, I started moving in January. I said, I got moved around July. I said, now I'm going to have to turn around and move again. It's probably going to be Christmas before I move again. She said, a whole year moving. I said, yeah. She said, well, you look pretty young. I said, well, thank you. That's right. She said, how old are you? I said, I'm 55. 